Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show, a great show, a terrific show, a tremendous show, frankly the best. Ask anyone, that's your opinion if you don't watch The Walking Dead anyway. Who is Negan killing? The world is finding out right now, but not us and not you if you're watching live. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always by my wonderful co-host Rebecca Blonde. Welcome. Hello. And we have a lot to discuss with you tonight. We will give you an update on what's going on between Blonde and the Riverfront Times, the <laughs> newspaper that put out a hit piece in Doxter, as we discussed last week. Uh, we will recap a bit of Wednesday night's debate and some media response to it. We will discuss those bombshell Project Veritas tapes and I want to provide some debunking to people claiming or implying that they're fraudulent. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about Trump's drain the swamp proposal as well. And lastly, I'm hoping we have plenty of time for this. We will scratch the itch that is Blonde's rage towards Sam Harris. Given it a shot before, but she wants to prosecute the full case later in the show. So. It'll be all this and more on your favorite hour of listening, uh, listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat and helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. And remember, there's more of the show on our audio platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher. Subscribe to those. There's bonus, uh, bonus shows on there. Also, the call-in shows we do uh, every Wednesday night live on YouTube if you want to listen back to them on demand. You can catch them over on the audio platforms of the show. One last announcement. Next week is the very special Halloween episode of the podcast. I'm not going to tease it any more than that, but you'll want to tune in. That's all I can say. So do not, do not miss next week's special Halloween episode of Beauty and the Beta live as always, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Walking Dead fans, be damned. And on with the show. I'm, I'm going to start off at the top by acknowledging how bummed I am that the Vikings suffered their first loss of the season uh, today. But as I did on Twitter, it wasn't legit. I blame Russian espionage for it. <laughs> and I'm also told the Eagles had several dead people on their roster. So it's garbage. It's not legit. But the only thing, and this isn't a football show, so I'm not going to bore everyone with that. But I do want to highlight one Thank thing you. that is relevant to the show, which was awesome. If you if you follow the Vikings social media like I do, running back Jarek McKinnon was sporting these cleats in the game today with uh, our Lord and Savior Harambe. Very cool artwork. R.I.P. Harambe. Coolest cleats I have ever seen. So I just want to give a shout out to obviously Harambe and Vikings running back Jarek McKinnon. Okay, now to serious stuff. Probably, but not really. Uh, let's, um, I wanted to lead off the show with, a, uh, with you bringing us up to speed on what's going on with the riverfront times, if you're uh, able okay. to. So 
If you, if you caught last week's show, we talked about this hit piece that was put out by this newspaper on Blonde. Randomly out of nowhere, look at their stupid racist moron. That's all fine. You know, you can come on the show and talk to us if you think we're racist morons, Riverfront Times. It's not going to happen, I guess. What is the problem is the reporter put your parents and your or your dad and your brother's information on Twitter. Right. Uh, and, and several people in the comments put your information out. And you've been subject to, I guess, what you could you could call targeted harassment. Yeah, uh, I mean, that anonymous, that bullshit anonymous threat, i.e. Daniel Hill being a pussy, um, that never came to fruition. So nothing ever happened with that. I've had some people harassing old employers this week thinking that I was still employed there. We're going to get you fired, bitch. I'm like, I already quit. Joke's on you. <laughs> So, that was yeah, that was my favorite. That person never replied to me. <laughs> that person was like tweeting at your old employer, and my response was that moment when you realize we are your are our own bosses, and yeah. you are wasting valuable basement jerk off time. I assume he got right back at it. I know. I know. It's like he's right. I better better get to the fapping. I guess so. <laughs> so nothing really happened. Although a friend of the show, Bryden, sent me an article today. Um, apparently, the editor of the Riverfront Times, her name is Sarah Fainsky. She um, was banging the editor of L.A. Weekly and she got a job at L.A. Weekly in 2011 because she was, you know, banging that dude um, who was really, really old, by the way. And she had never been to or lived in L.A. Womp womp. Womp womp. Well, I will say, you know, without because uh, I don't want to respond to personal attack with personal attack necessarily. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know you do. But I will say Sarah has been. This is what's curious. Sarah is the editor of the Riverfront Times. We have had several people email her, call her. I myself have emailed. I have tweeted several times. She she has yeah. tweeted out this story a couple times, and I've replied and said, would you just come on the show and discuss like a reasonable person? We'll treat you fairly. And right, I mean right. that sincerely. If we got her on the show, I would treat her fairly. And she has never responded to me. And she only responded to my dad once and said, like, this never happened. And so, you know, as soon as I found out the story... um, about Ellie Weekly, I was like, you know, I could take the high road and not attack her personally. And then I was like, fuck that, because that's what she did to me. And she's not answering me anyway. Um, so my dad filed an FCC complaint. And so did my brother. They're real pissed about this. Real pissed. I think so justifiably we'll so. I mean, and just to close this out and reiterate what we said last week, go ahead and write hit pieces all you want. Love that. All day but long. But it's so strange that she'll reply to everybody. She's replied to people have emailed us back to the inbox with things she has sent to them. In yeah. reply, she replies to everybody but us. Right. So if you're going to put out a hit piece on you or me or us, do the decent thing and just respond. All we want to do is talk yeah. about or it. Or come what on the show, you? you know. And I love how Daniel Hill never has responded to any of this. I mean, at least at least we've gotten a few responses like from people in our camp um, from Sarah. But Daniel just deleted his Twitter and it's like he doesn't even exist. Well, I hope he doesn't even exist. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, what a bastard. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if, if you missed last week's show and you want a full recap of the events that, that led to this, you can catch uh, last week's show and, and we explain in greater depth exactly what's going on. But I suspect this is probably the end of it. I mean, sounds yeah. like your family is maybe considering some additional action. But as far as the public end of this, I don't really think much more is going to come of it. Neither Sarah, do I. I think it's largely blown over. And that's a good feeling. But also, like, I know that this is going to well up again at some point now that the information is out there. Um and that's, you know, that's stressful, you know, it's, it's hard to know that like everybody from your hometown, hometown is talking about you and that this is, this is all going to come up again at some point. I don't know when, but it will, yeah. but this is to psychological warfare by the left. This is what they want. Yeah. To some extent we signed up for it too. So exactly. but, you know, we it's, did cool. Sign up for it's, it. yeah, yeah. it's cool to see that 
um, you know, when this happens, a lot of people rally behind you and a lot of people have your back. And of course, we will do the same if you're a friend of the show and you are the victim of this type of intimidation garbage. Absolutely. We'll help you out in whatever way we can. So we're all allies in in whatever your your political position, left, right or center. We should all agree that you shouldn't be the target of harassment for your political opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of thing. And, you know, people shouldn't be trying to get you fired. People shouldn't be trying to out your family members. People shouldn't be doing all these shady things because you have the wrong opinion. So. Right. Right. We will always Especially be because he didn't refute anything that I said about St. Louis. I mean, no, of course everything not. I said was true. It's it's like, you know, attack the facts. And this is just a perfect example of the left being unable to deal with your argument. And so it's just ad hominems at the Yang. Um, this is all pretty typical. This is You're right. This is what we signed up for. I shouldn't even be complaining about this. But it just pissed me off that it was my family. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, we we uh, I don't want to give the impression we're complaining. What I want to do is highlight the tactics that we should all be standing against. And like I said, I think every, a lot of friends of the show have stepped up to really, uh, yeah, make it known yeah. to, to challenge the, the riverfront times on this. And of course, what have they done? But cower that said, know, come on I the know. show anytime you any and all from RFT invited to the show, respond to us and yeah, yeah. maybe we can and have a conversation. It's been so counterproductive but, for them too, because all this has shown me is that now I don't need to be afraid of my identity getting out and that I have a shitload of other conservative and libertarian people that are going to rally even liberal people. That are going to rally around me because um, this is a really shitty tactic for the left to use. Yep. So that uh, that's about all I can say on that. I want to also recap what uh, a few issues left over from Wednesday night's debate. Um, if you follow the call-in show, we did a call-in show right after the debate where you and I kind of hashed out our initial reactions to the debate and then uh, obviously took listener calls and what people thought of the debate. So if you want a full breakdown of it, you can go listen back to that show on the audio platforms. But there's one thing about the debate that we didn't discuss much on the call-in show that I really want to get into. And I didn't really see this at the time, but of course I'm not trained. (laughs) I don't have my mindset on how am I going to attack Trump? Like a lot of, a lot of uh, figureheads in media do. And so of course it, the during the debate, Chris Wallace challenged Trump by asking, "Will he accept the results of the election as legitimate?" And Trump gave a response. Let's let's listen to what uh, Trump had to say about the election results here. Your running mate, Governor Pence, pledged on Sunday that he and you, his words, will absolutely accept. The result of this election today, your daughter Ivanka said the same thing. I want to ask you here on the stage tonight, do you make the same commitment that you will absolutely, sir, that you will absolutely accept the result of this election? I will look at it at the time. I'm not looking at anything now. I'll look at it at the time. What I've seen, what I've seen is so bad. First of all, the media is so dishonest and so corrupt and the pylon is so amazing. If you look, excuse me. Okay, I, I want to uh, highlight what he's doing here. He's saying he's, he, he, he'll see what happens uh, when, when the election results come in. But what he's going to do here is give three reasons why he has concerns. So the first is the media pylon, and he gives two more. Because if you look at your voter rolls, you will see millions of people that are registered to vote. Millions. This isn't coming from me. This is coming from Pew Report and other places. Let me just give you one other thing. So I talk about the corrupt media. I talk about the millions of people. Tell you one other thing. She shouldn't be allowed to run. It's cro- it's, she's, she's guilty of a very, very serious crime. 
she should not be allowed to run. And okay. So he, he expresses some concern about the legitimacy of the election. He gives three good reasons why. We have dead people on the voter rolls. Um, we have a corrupt media that is in the tank for Hillary. I don't think that's necessarily a controversial thing to say. And his claim that she shouldn't be eligible for the presidency uh, at all, uh, considering what he believes to be her criminal action. Now, each of those is individually debatable. Those are not necessarily hard fact, but at least provides reasoning as to why he's cautious about the election result. And of course, <laughs> I turned on the news the next morning and I hadn't heard any of the, you know, I hadn't heard any coverage prior to this. And this is how it was covered. This was the Today Show the next morning. Good morning, defiant Donald Trump grabs all the headlines with one provocative statement saying at the final debate he's not sure he'll accept the results of the November votes. I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Hillary Clinton seizes the moment. That's horrifying. These comments that we're talking about are now something that the nation's top Republicans are going to have to answer for today and until the election. Defying a defining principle of democracy, Donald Trump refusing to say he'd accept the results of this election. I will look at it at the time. I'm not looking at anything now. I'll look at it at the time. Hillary Clinton calling Trump's position horrifying. No, that is not the way our democracy works. We've been around for 240 years. We've had free and fair elections. We've accepted the outcomes when we may not have liked them. And that is what must be expected of anyone standing on a debate stage during a general election. We've accepted the outcomes when I've rigged it against Bernie. Okay, I know. You, they forgot to they forgot to include something there, and that is his reasoning. And that's really annoying because they just kind of paint him as a crazy person with no basis for what he's saying, when in fact there is a rational basis. They've just opted to exclude it. This is um, kind of two problems that perpetuate each other in this election. You have Trump not doing the best job of speaking, which he is, uh, unfortunately, he often does uh. or does not. And then it that gets was blown cringy up. for Trump. Come on. That it, was hard it to wasn't, watch. It wasn't well articulated. I do he agree. Was, he was on to something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Why but didn't he just slam the Project Veritas thing right there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that too. But what I'm saying is there's these, these, these two problems kind of perpetuate each other. He doesn't. He doesn't explain a problem very well. The media covers it poorly and try and kind of twists it into something that it, it was not intended to be. And then, of course, his responses are going to get even crazier because their coverage is even more twisted. And so this was that coverage was was the entire problem of this this election in a nutshell to me. You I, I grant the premise that he's not the greatest at explaining these problems, but he did give you some reasons to dig into. You might take right. a look at the reasons mm -hmm. he described. Number one being media bias. Ironically, it's your bias that chopped out him saying that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's, ugh, it just, it annoys me. It annoys me a lot because it's, it's, it's unfair. It, and it's not, it's not letting the public decide who's right give the public the reasoning let the public think about what the evidence is and let the public conclude instead they're concluding for you that he's a crazy man and that bugs me yeah but i don't really know if it matters because we're watching the mainstream media self-destruct right before our eyes i mean you think that after this they're going to people are actually going to take into consideration what they say and trust them they were already at what six percent approval or something like that yeah, before it's, it's this WikiLeaks leaks dump it's really bad nobody's going to be tuning into fox news you know the average age of the fox news um viewer is 68 
Like those people are all going to kick the bucket soon. Then who's going to be watching mainstream media? Well, to offer a counterpoint, though, th- this was the poorest viewed debate. So less people. Oh, of the three. Yeah. And and I do think there are plenty of people who are like, okay, I've seen maybe one or two. I've kind of got an idea of what's going on. What happened in the third one? Oh, here's like a quick recap. Maybe they go to YouTube. Maybe they go to people we watch on YouTube to get a recap of it. Or maybe they just turn on the TV or visit NBCNews.com really quick. And that's what they see. And you see what's, you know, supposedly a crazy man. Uh, without any respect for the election process. And and the irony of being like, Trump, Trump does not value a cherished democratic tradition. Opposed to what? Opposed to this person? Right. We have concrete evidence of of rigging the election. Voter fraud. Yeah. People don't want to see the truth. That's why this is disheartening, because I kept thinking that everything was going to be a bombshell. But there were so many bombshells that it just desensitized everybody to the corruption that's going on. And I don't think that Hillary Clinton supporters really give a shit. So this has been a sad week. No, it's all it's all a giant right wing conspiracy to a lot of the Hillary Clinton supporters. In the the face of all this, you know, video proof. I love how they'll believe all these Trump accusers based on like the account from 30 years ago and no evidence. But then there's all this video evidence and they're like, oh, this is totally falsified. Yeah. Oh, unreal. It's unreal. These The mental well, gymnastics these people can do. It's kind of impressive. There are double standards all over. And I want to get into Project Veritas and WikiLeaks shortly here. The one that I hadn't heard until today. Gosh, I forget who said it. I want to credit the person, but it's it's right on. Um, obviously, the big case against WikiLeaks uh, is that they're stolen. Or if you ask Donna Brazil, they're, they're <laughs> fake they and stolen, stolen, depending yeah. on when you ask. But they didn't yeah. have a problem. They didn't have a problem a few weeks ago when that um, that Trump tax return was stolen and sent to the New York Times. They didn't have a problem with that stolen record uh, for public scrutiny. We can't no, talk no. about and private. No, no. Stephen says this all the time. But when the left, um, it's it's a hack or it's a leak, you know, based on if it's the left or the right, and that's totally yeah. true. It's Correct. Just convenience for them. Correct. Uh, the one other thing that came out of the debate that I wanted to share quickly was this Huffington Post thing that they shared on uh, on Facebook. Um, no one has more respect for women than me. Quote Donald Trump less than an hour later, such a nasty woman, Donald J. Trump. Uh, because those are contradictory, right? You can't, you can't respect women by default, but then also call a particular individual who I think there's plenty of evidence to demonstrate (laughs) could qualify as a nasty woman. You can't call an individual nasty woman, a nasty woman without disrespecting all women. This is, this is the insane reasoning they want you to believe would you ever say that the riverfront times piece against you was uh like somehow offensive to all women i think that's no, kind but of we insane. did talk last week about how there was some misogyny there so well, i, on, I, I only really say that because that's yourself. that's what the, well i only say that because that's what they would say not because that's i believe true, they were misogynistic yeah. i'm saying if, yeah. if it was the other way around yeah, no, I, I I wouldn't think that. And isn't it just an example of his stance on equality that he just dishes it out to <laughs> sexes equally? I mean, I, I I think so. I think so too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into Project Veritas and the WikiLeaks recap. I do have a summary of the Project uh, Veritas uh, videos that have leaked this last week. Not leaked, but been released um, this last week. And so if you're unfamiliar, James O'Keefe is kind of an undercover journalist who is of a conservative bent, famous for infiltrating uh, left wing or Democratic operations and getting uh, interesting uh, pieces of testimony uh, recorded 
And I think he's he's known for he did the Planned Parenthood one, right? Where they were talking about selling. Did he? I thought that was him, but I, I know he I'm, did the Acorn one. I think. But yeah, I, I did didn't know Acorn he was one. responsible for Planned Parenthood. I, th- I thought that was him, but I might be wrong. I'm not the James O'Keefe expert. And then um, I think you're wrong. So. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I just think uh, undercover, and I think James O'Keefe. Uh, that's good that's a good association to have yeah. I mean yeah. he's never going to be able to do this again probably although he does have one of those faces where he looks like every guy I've ever known so maybe yeah. he can he probably can <laughs> anyway uh, let, let's um, let's play the, the quick recap of what they released this week so basically they, they went into these uh, this, this place called Americans United for Change and Democracy Partners that are two kind of interrelated uh, organizations that contract directly with the Hillary Clinton campaign and with uh, the Democratic National Committee, and they do all uh, all sorts of on the ground action. And O'Keefe has O'Keefe kind of infiltrated their their organization, uh, presenting himself as some type of intern or some type of potential activist that, that wanted to work with them, gain their trust over time, and gets all these confessions that uh, are confessions to scheming. Uh, not only confessions to pass voter fraud, but scheming on how to do voter fraud presently. And then, of course, confessions to all kinds of Trump, anti-Trump violence that we've seen over the last years at all these Trump rallies. There's always kind of, I mean, to, to me as an objective observer, it was always obvious that the protesters were the violent ones, not the Trump people, but that's always been kind of a subject of debate. This yeah. is pretty concrete evidence that they went there with the purpose of inciting violence. Let's see what's uh, what's in these. Oh, wait, before here. you start that, the live chat is saying that the Planned Parenthood thing was James O'Keefe. Ah, see, don't yeah. question me. I'm I sorry. <laughs> you always end up being right. I should just listen to you. Well, we are, we are right on uh, different things, different things, which. Um, Thank uh, you anyway. for not using that as an opportunity to mansplain to me. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Well, this show has been an exercise in you. Um, uh, revealing the light. Uh, what, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go into Donna Brazil terms here, like revealing the light of the night onto the areas of shadow. I'm going to play Donna Brazil really quick. Let's let uh, Donna Brazil just, I don't know. Explain you're so this interested in talking about stolen So you material. deny it. You're like, you're, you're like a thief that <laughs> want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. That's what you are, Blonde. You're like <laughs> you're like a person that want to bring into the light the things that you found that was found in the, the gutter. gutter. There's so many things wrong with that, <laughs> Let's, uh So Donna Brazil there is responding to the, to the Project Veritas tapes. Let's get into those. Let's see what those have to say. It's a very easy thing for a Republican to say, well, they're busting people in. Well, you know what? We've been busting people in fucking asshole for 50 years and we're not going to stop now we're just going to find a different way to do it one thing of all these people so that was him confessing to bussing people in for the last 50 years whether that's hyperbole or not that is what he's saying bussing people in to vote fraudulently up in their personal car. there's a bus involved uh, that changes the dynamic so it's the legality uh, well yeah because you can prove conspiracy if there's a bus yeah if there are cars it's much harder to prove and that's them thinking about how to to transport people to vote fraudulently. Don't use a bus because then you can prove conspiracy. You want to rent a bunch of cars using a bunch of shell companies to pay for all these different things. You want to hide it. It's drunk or something. He is just so loose lipped about <laughs> about the intricacies of the illegal dealings. You know, I'm, it's like, what is he? I'm is guessing he that O'Keefe or whoever got the recording gained his trust over time. That is that is my guess. And they're also a lot of these are at like. Yeah. dining or bar settings so it's quite possible that there are you know some alcoholic beverages in play 
Anyway, uh, this is where they get into confessions of violence or inciting violence. There, and you're protesting, and you do these actions, mm -hmm. you will be attacked at Trump rallies. That's what we know. Oh, so oh, oh, so that's part of the process that's of eliciting the reaction. The whole point okay. of it is we know that Trump's people will, will freak the fuck out. The security team will freak out, and his supporters will lose their shit. There's a script. Okay. The script of engagement. Sometimes the crazies bite, and sometimes the crazies don't bite. I mean, honestly, it is not hard to get some of these assholes to pop off. You can message to draw them out mm -hmm. and draw them to punch you. Remember this woman? Her name is Shirley I do remember Teeter. that woman. She is a 69-year-old sufferer of COPD. According to numerous news stories at the time, she was assaulted at a Trump rally in North Carolina by Trump supporter Richard Campbell. She was one of our activists. She was one of your activists who, who, had been to, who had been trained up to bird dog. To funnel that kind of operation, you have to start back with people two weeks ahead of time and train them how to ask questions. Right. You have to train them to bird dog. Hillary like, is aware. Okay, and then this part here, in case you have any doubt that there's... The one thing I took away from this is, well, could somebody plausibly claim they're these independent operators who are doing their own thing, nothing to do with... Hillary, nothing to do with the Democratic National Committee. Well, here they get at, at that. How much do you guys actually coordinate with Hillary and the DNC? Work that you guys do, I hope. The campaign is fully unanimous. And then they tell Hillary, like, what's going on. Well, I mean, Hillary knows who Jenny Command. Yeah. The campaign pays DNC. DNC pays Democracy Partners. Democracy Partners pays the Fobel Group. The Fobel Group goes and executes the shit on the ground. We have a call with the campaign every day to go over... Oh, God. Focuses that need to be undertaken. I just had a call with the campaign and the DNC. Okay, so that is kind of a, a quick and dirty explanation of, of what they're trying to do. Um, and obviously their direct association with Hillary and the DNC. And, and there are all kinds of accusations of maybe he took it out of context or maybe this is all a big fake uh, per, this, per CNN. Uh, let's see what CNN has to say when they report on this. Nobody knows. It might be fake. We don't know how this video was gotten. We don't know how it was edited. We don't know whether this was locker room talk. Ugh. But here's the thing. The DNC says that they have no evidence right. to suggest that the act activities articulated in the video yep. actually occurred. Okay, so we have no evidence. That's very interesting. And a lot of people on YouTube have done a really good job this last week because Maybe you don't consider that the recordings to be sufficient evidence. Maybe you do think that it's all a, a smokescreen and that it's made up. Well, let's take a look uh, at some of the evidence that's available here. Uh, here you have an FEC record, uh, an FEC record of the Hillary campaign paying Zalima Rodriguez, who is one of the activists in the video who bragged about shutting down the Chicago event. Um, who uh, that's the one where the police officers got hurt. They shut down the whole event right, with violence. Right. So you have a clear Hillary, Hillary for America paid her $1,600 in February, another 30 bucks for something else. Uh, so there's direct financial connection. Um, you also have these emails in the, um, in the DNC leak where they're coordinating with something called AUFC. AUFC is Americans United for Change, which is uh, Scott Fovel's group. They talk about the signs they're going to make for this anti-Trump action. Lo and behold, CNN reporting on that anti-Trump action has those signs. You can see in the background here the pictures with the signs. Those are the signs that are in the email word for word. Uh, so they clearly made those signs. And then you might see a guy in the center here um, back a little further. 
Uh, that's Aaron Black. Aaron Black appears in the Project Veritas videos describing these actions uh, and, and bragging about the Chicago one in particular. Uh, you can see again, close up here, there's Aaron Black in the CNN reporting with the signs that are in the WikiLeaks, uh, the DNC leak, uh, WikiLeaks, uh, as well as the signs, uh, or he's got the exact signs that they describe in the email. He's the same guy that appears in the Project Veritas video. What does all this mean? It means that there are multiple ways to tie this all together and to see that each of these sources validates the others. So we have Project Veritas being validated by WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks validating Project Veritas. Unless you believe that this is all a giant web of lies and that Putin, Putin is part of it too, you know, I mean, because we can't forget that. You, I don't understand how you can say there's no evidence. There is clear evidence. Don't let anyone tell you these are fraudulent. The debate should be how damning is this? Um, and she does say we don't have proof that these actions actually took place. Well, we do have proof on the violence. The violence definitely happened. The voter fraud is another issue. The evidence might be less uh, clear, but they're talking about how to hide it. Okay. So they might have some expertise in how to hide it. And that's, that's one thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm really frustrated by people who seem to think that there's just no proof when the proof is abundant. I mean, it couldn't be more abundant or clear and it, it all comes full circle and they, they all corroborate each other. So anybody that's denying it at this point, you know, it has slipped into some self-deception that I can't do anything about, which is why I'm so upset this week because <laughs> these people No, I'm serious. Like in the which face, is why you're sending truth, me disheartened messages. <laughs> I am really emotionally exhausted from this shit gag. I'm so tired of this. I just want this election to be over because these people can't be convinced. They will look at this video evidence and be like, well, but then they hear something about Trump and they're like, that's definitely true because someone said it. They're so inconsistent ideologically. It's oh, exhausting. Yeah. Don't yeah, you double... want this to be over? Come on, throw me a bone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we're talking about on Wednesday. November 9th will be a day of relaxation for me either way. And of course, I do have a preference in the way that it goes. But, you know, we were talking about what happens if, if Hillary wins as well. Make no mistake, if Hillary wins and the polls are right, it's going to be Stonewall day one. Come January, whatever, when she's inaugurated, there is nothing that's going to get done. Literally nothing, unless the Democrats have some kind of major wave um, into the House and Senate. But what about but, Obama setting the president of just overusing and abusing executive action? Yeah, maybe. And then, of course, we also know from James O'Keefe um, from the Russ Feingold fundraiser that she definitely wants to use executive action on guns. And so, what about amnesty? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's possible. And and like we were saying earlier, um, the status quo on immigration is not very good. So you might not want uh, the status quo on immigration to maintain. Sorry, I'm burping here. I drank... <laughs> This is, a, this is the first beer I've had, I swear. I'm like Scott Fovel right now. <laughs> anyway, the point Tell is... Tell us all your secrets, guy. The, if there's one thing I hope people take away from this, and you know, you're discussing the... the you're discussing WikiLeaks and the, and the Project Veritas tapes with people in your everyday life. Don't let people tell you that they're fake. They, they are... They all validate each other. To, to believe that they're fake is to deny uh, quite the web of evidence that suggests otherwise. So just don't let people claim that because that's nonsense. Uh, the other thing is don't confuse WikiLeaks with Wikipedia. This is my, fa <laughs> it's my favorite clip of the week right here. This is Rep uh, Representative Sheila Jackson, who I think represents Houston. She's a Democrat from Houston. She was on MSNBC talking about how bad... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Russian espionage is. Uh, with the progressive wing of the party, Congresswoman. 
Well, good morning. I'm happy this morning because Hillary is surging in the polls, I believe, and uh, more independents are looking at what their choices are, and we're moving toward, I hope, a strong turnout uh, in November. Let me just say that uh, much of what uh, went on was what I call campaign chatter. You know that I'm going to, first of all, denounce uh, the utilization of this intrusion by Wikipedia, this intrusion by Wikipedia through the Russian intrusion. This is what this is about. Uh, espionage, just like uh, was said uh, over these last couple of days. Uh, we need to be concerned about the intrusion of Russia and Putin in these elections. The great Wikipedia Putin conspiracy uh, that Representative Sheila Jackson of Texas has exposed. Rut row. Uh, normally, I'm not um, big on, you know, nailing people to the wall for simple misspeak, but... Um, they it, do it I, to you. One, th Yeah, well, one thing I do think this indicates is, and you see it with... Um, with Trump and Hillary as well. I do think there are too many people in government who are just completely tech incompetent. And she is clearly tech incompetent because oh, to yeah. mistake WikiLeaks and Wikipedia, and maybe you would say that, I think if either one of us said that, we would have the presence of mind and like just the general tech knowledge to be like, no, sorry, WikiLeaks, not, not yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. I mean, because Wikipedia is... <laughs> Like Wikipedia is always made fun of for being such a like a stupid basic source of information for kind of like, you know, you don't cite Wikipedia is the rule because it's I don't know why it's actually pretty accurate, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But um, it's viewed as kind of like a, a source for stupid people or something. <laughs> but the idea that Wikipedia is sophisticated and hacking, hacking uh, Hillary's <laughs> servers, hacking the DNC servers and publishing this information and. And then, you know, there's another example of the Russians are behind this. The Russians are behind this. And we were talking before the show. You can make that claim, but it's being presented as fact. Again, they have their indisputable facts, but then they dismiss uh, these other, you know, they dismiss WikiLeaks. They dismiss the Veritas tapes, even though there's plenty of evidence to substantiate them. But it was the Russians. I was looking at before the show. What is the actual evidence that the Russians did it? And as far as I can tell, it's basically metadata in some of the leaks. Like someone put notes in Russian on some of the leaks, which means like maybe a person, a person who speaks Russian handled it at one point. There's a right, lot of right. leaps to go through to get to Moscow did it, Putin directed it, right, all of right. these things. Here's some of the verbiage from um from CNN's website, CNN article that says evidence mounting. Oh, where is it? Evidence mounting that, that Russia did this. The methods of disclosures suggest Moscow is at least providing the information or is possibly directly responsible for the leaks. One U.S. official said, oh, <laughs> well, the methods so of disclosures. Meaningless. You didn't consider the methods of disclosures. <laughs> the evidence is, it's, it, you know, the door is, is shut. Uh, we're convinced now the methods of disclosures, Wikipedia and, uh, and Vladimir Putin, the methods of disclosures. I'm this convinced. This Russia thing is more conspiratorial than anything I've heard from the all right, this entire election cycle. Oh yeah. And that, that was a big theme of, um, what we were talking about on Wednesday on the call-in show. Like that, that was a crazy person moment for Hillary. I know, but, but people are kind of jumping on board. I mean, I have eyes. There's just no way you're not going to convince me that Russian people aren't awesome. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like every Russian person I've ever met in my life has been badass. 
that's just. I, and I'm not willing to say that it's it, that it's not possible. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying we're accepting this thing. We're accepting that claim without sufficient evidence. Meanwhile, we're denying all kinds of other claims that do have sufficient evidence, and we're applying a different set of rules for everyone else. Than I mean, I guarantee you. Let's put it this way. I guarantee you, if WikiLeaks had published Trump emails and there were things as damning in there, and maybe there are, I don't know. But I guarantee if it was the other way around, they wouldn't be crying about the Russians and these security concerns. And and I will cite one person that you probably don't want me to cite, but Ben Shapiro's right on this. Two things can be true at once, okay? It can be bad. It can be bad that uh, foreign actors maybe have infiltrated some of our uh, some of our servers. That's not good. But it's also bad. The content of what's in there is also bad. Two things can be bad at the same right. time. It's not one or the other. That's definitely true. This yeah. is just me trying to make nice with Doesn't that just mean that somebody in Russia accessed it? I mean, we already know that somebody in Romania accessed uh, Hillary's private server. Like, it, it, you know, it, just because it came from that region doesn't mean there's any kind of centralized, orchestrated effort from like the Kremlin. I think that that's totally insane. And plus, I mean, I'm not keen. This is an area I just spoke about how important it is to be tech literate. This is something I don't know that much about. But my Neither. understanding is people who do this kind of stuff disguise their IP and disguise their location through a bunch of like, I don't know, they, they set up a smoke screen so you can't actually tell. Right where they're located. And so it looks like you're coming from a different country and things like that. Yeah. So maybe someone's, maybe it was Hillary, maybe like Hillary <laughs> leaked her own stuff and framed Vladimir Putin. I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think you're onto something there. <laughs> I mean, any of these, if you've learned one thing from the 2016 election season, any and all conspiracy theories are fair game. I, I don't dismiss any conspiracy theory right away at all. Uh, there was one other thing this week. I don't know if you saw, did you see Trump called for litigation, not only into yes. these violence insiders, but into the fraudulent, um, well, I shouldn't say, cause I don't have proof. The people whom I believe, and you probably believe to be fraudulent accusers of Trump sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So he had this to say. It has just been learned on video that the violent protests at some of my rallies, like in Chicago, where police and others were seriously hurt, you saw that, blood pouring down their face, were caused by paid, paid DNC and Clinton campaign operatives. This is a criminal act. Policemen were badly hurt, and so were many others. And these people should be prosecuted. Just like we found out about these paid violent protesters, it was probably the DNC and the Clinton campaign that put forward these liars with their fabricated stories. But we'll find out about their involvement at a later date through litigation. And I look so forward to doing it. I look forward to it bigly. Bigly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't, I can't wait. I love no, the guy. But, what can I say? And and I mean, for as much as, you know, we kind of punished him earlier for maybe not being precise with language. But when he was talking about the accusers, he was actually pretty precise with his language. He said, I suspect maybe it was Clinton campaign, I but I can't be sure. And that's exactly what he should say. And saying through litigation. That was yeah. good. Yeah. The proper so, channels. The proper he has his channels. moments. He has his moments. Yeah. When he's on script. Not cringing the crap I guess so. out of me. I guess so. Well, the, this, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the unfortunate aspect of all of this is, to me, this is kind of a 
a policy lacking presidential campaign and maybe they all are you know it's hard for me to remember exactly how the others played out and how personal and uh, you know substance free maybe past campaigns were to me this one is a lot about like who raped who and and who lied when and all this kind of stuff and who said what when and it's not necessarily a lot about what the candidates actually proposed to do the one thing that trump brought forward this week it's not getting a lot of coverage that i've seen that should is this drain the swamp stuff and this, this is really good. I think actually most Americans would agree on this. Um, yeah, Let, let's, uh, let's pull that up here. Where are you, Drain the Swamp? I got so much media I can't even manage. Need a producer for the show. Maybe someday when we're rich. Let me uh, pull that up here. Okay, so Trump pledges to drain the swamp and impose congressional term limits. Uh, decades of failure in Washington... Or actually, uh, if I'm elected president, I will push for a constitutional amendment to oppose term limits on all members of Congress. Um, in addition, he has five other items. Uh, I'm going to institute a five-year ban on all executive branch officials lobbying in the government. Uh, I'm going to ask Congress to institute its own five-year ban on lobbying, lobbying from former, former members, uh, expand the definition of lobbyist, and close loopholes. Uh, and uh, going to issue a lifetime ban against senior executive branch officials lobbying. So it's crack down, uh, crack down on kind of the revolving door of, of political officials uh, turned lobbyists and the kind of circle of corruption that exists in Washington. Uh, and the last is some campaign finance reform. I think most Americans would agree on this. I, I think this is actually a great proposal. And I, I think we have gotten away from... Um, the idea that that our representatives and our, our government officials are um, kind of citizens first. You know, we, we all live in our homes and we make our livelihoods a certain way. And then maybe from maybe for a decade of your life, you go uh, and you serve the public as a public official. And then you come back to your private life. Right. And, and the career politician, I think, is a bad thing. And I think pretty much everyone agrees on that. But this it is not going to be play. this way. We, they were supposed to represent, you know, the average citizen. We've gotten yeah. we've gone so far from that. The Bushes, the Clintons. I mean, and I think um, I forget what his actual proposal was. I think it was like five terms in Congress, so like ten years in in the House, and then two terms in the Senate. So that'd be twelve years in the Senate. Was his proposal? I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to find out if Hillary opposes this. To be honest, or I'd like to find out who opposes it and why. Because I was trying to think about a counter argument. Uh, what would be a benefit of of no congressional term limits? The only thing I can think of, like our former senator in Montana was Max Baucus, and he had been in the Senate for like way longer than I've been alive. And he's now the uh, 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 diplomat. Uh, he's a the Chinese, what's the term for a representative to a foreign country? I forget. Ambassador? Yeah, he's the Chinese ambassador now. But he, um, Max Baucus had been in the Senate for like, since like the 70s, and he became chair of the Finance Committee. He was one of the big guys behind Obamacare, um, you know, and you can debate whether you like the law or not. But the point is, because he was in there so long, he gave a lot of power to a small state like mine. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I, I'd rather just have it flip over every couple terms. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. That's the way you keep corruption out. I would also like non-consecutive. Like in Costa Rica, I know that they can't have any consecutive terms. Hmm. <clears throat> so is there a, a term limit in addition to non-consecutive? Or can you know. just go like every other? 
I'm pretty sure there's a term. I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure there's a term limit and you cannot have non-consecutive terms. Hmm. I wish Supreme Court justice was not a lifelong appointment. That that would be great. I do think there. Okay, so that would be. So you're just saying like, here's your time and then you're out. Or are you talking about actually like electing them? Um, here's your time and then you're out. I mean, a mm. lifelong appointment, like you can really screw up the country that way. And they never seem to die. Like every Supreme Court <laughs> justice like gets to age 100. It's crazy. Yeah. And despite our efforts to make them not political under any structure, they will be political to an extent. We've talked about it before, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like willing herself to live just so that Hillary can become president I know. and replace her. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. is... I don't know. There's open up the back of her. There's probably like a hundred Energizer double A's in there or something. Something is powering Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg to be She's alive. She's the she, Energizer that they were referring to in the WikiLeaks. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about Hillary's maybe a cyborg. It's, it's perfectly reasonable <laughs> to think under the same assumption or under the same yeah. reasoning that, um, that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a cyborg. Now, the... the I can't help myself with poor media coverage. I don't really know how I be, how I became fascinated with media criticism, but this is just where we are because if there's anything that the Trump says about the election being rigged that really sticks with me, it is that the media is is indisputably unfair and has a, a horse in this race and doesn't care about objectivity or the truth or about letting you form your own opinion. It's just about tearing down Trump. Did you see how yeah. CNN covered <laughs> Train the Swamp or at least one comment? Uh, so this cringy. Is, this is amazing to me. Yeah, sorry to, to make you cringe so much tonight, but this, <laughs> uh, this clip, I love this. I like the backtracking. Out, Dana, if he said what we just saw in our emails, let me just relay this to everyone, uh, that apparently from the Trump mm -hmm. camp, there is another major announcement that Trump will make today as part of his his pledge to, mm -hmm. quote, drain the swamp. We keep hearing drain the swamp mm -hmm. in Washington. He says, if I'm elected mm -hmm. president, I will push for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. Correct <laughs> me. There already are term limits. So what does he mean? Uh, what? Right. Well, there are term limits on, on the presidency, of course, uh, and one of the big uh, debates for some time has been whether or not the fact that there are no term limits in Congress, whether that uh, helps to breed corruption because it breeds a whole industry. Which yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Cor correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, She's you're so wrong. smug, too. Yeah, you're, you're, wrong, you're very bitch. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And, I, you know, uh, like I said, I, I hesitate to nail people to the wall for simple misspeak. But this is indicative of a few things. One is you you don't understand how government functions, yet you're a political reporter. Uh, that's a problem. But it also, to me, is indicative of an instinct to look at any Trump proposal and say, well, it's got to be wrong. Let's find out why. Yeah, yeah. And the broad and the green. Uh, what's her name? Um, isn't it uh, Dana? Isn't that Dana Bash? Uh, I don't know, but she was fed a question, um, on the Clinton airplane the other day after the debate. And then you can see like some, somebody from Clinton's camp, like giving her the phone to, to, <laughs> with the question on hmm. it. And then she immediately like spouts it off. My God. I'm pretty well, sure she duplicated in the WikiLeaks too, but I'm not at sure. At least she did a good job there of being like, well, we only have presidential term limits and there's quite an argument about maybe we should have congressional ones because it only contributes to this cycle of corruption and in fact, it's created an entire industry <laughs> of people leaving Congress and going into, uh, you know, the, the lobbying business. Oh. And uh, everyone who has had control, maintaining control for decades, as opposed to going back home and running the family farm like we talked about, uh, like maybe they should be.
and, you know, living a life in the actual states that they came from. If DC becomes your home, that's kind of a problem. Yeah. But especially because DC sucks. Uh, I was going to go. You're the blunt one on the show. I'm not a fan. I like the touristy DC, areas. It's a ghetto built uh, like, in, like actually, a swamp. I, like well, okay. Now the, now the Potomac Riverfront Times is going to be writing a hit piece on this show. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, are there any cities that we're welcome in? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, After this. You, I mean, certainly. Yeah, I guess so. We're, maybe we're big in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> We're big in Montana. We can always hang out here. Yeah, yeah. That's because you're like half that state's population. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I was, uh, ah, anyway, that's a stupid side story. I'm not going to go down that route. I want to stay on, <laughs> on topic here. But, uh, well, actually, what I wanted to do was give you, we got about 10 minutes left in the show. And I want to make sure that you had plenty of time to prosecute the case against Sam Harris. We have had out this discussion a little bit and I've tried to give Sam the benefit of the doubt because Sam has always been, I mean, Sam, Sam is, is a, an amazing thinker and a, an amazing critic of Islam. I think we both agree is on that. Is he though? Is he an amazing thinker? Cause it, he's proving himself <laughs> retarded right now. Well, this is the thing is he's going the same route that I've watched Another guy I really respected go, which ben is Shapiro? Bill Maher. Well, and and arguably Ben <laughs> Shapiro too, where they get really. I understand someone not liking Trump mm -hmm. for a bunch of reasons. Um, Harris is trending on, uh, is um, is teetering on that interesting territory, where you kind of start to. Um, be strangely friendly to Hillary or pretend that things that plague her aren't real or aren't significant or are irrelevant Yeah. or no matter what she does, it's not as bad as what Trump has done. Well, you sent me some tweets that he sent out, uh, over the last week, I think, let me go ahead and share these. Cause these will form the basis for your case. So Sam Harris says, uh, what is this verbal tick of saying, um, believe and writing, believe me come from, do they teach this at Trump university? He's quoting a Trump tweet saying, I will make our government honest again. Believe me. Another Sam Harris tweet where he says, um, I am getting nothing of interest in response to this earlier tweet. Come on. Give me the worst WikiLeaks has on Hillary Rodham Clinton. He Are you earlier tweeted. Joking me? <laughs> <laughs> Please point me to the absolute worst WikiLeaks docs has on Clinton. And he wanted, he was requesting people to send him the worst things that they know of. And the last one that you gave me was ad hominem is not a fallacy when you are talking about the person himself and why he is the greater evil. And that was in response to someone who said, Sam, you're so desperately trying to defend your position with mere ad hominems looks pathetic. And I lost respect for you, which is totally legit. And what like so many people were thinking. Okay. And then he just goes into his defense of ad hominems. It's unfucking believable. Computing Forever did the best video on this, and that's how uh, it kind of brought this to my attention. I didn't know that hmm. Sam Harris was like fully on the Clinton train, you know? I kind of just listened to what he was. had to say about I saw him on Dave Rubin's show over the summer, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to vote Clinton, I guess. It, it, it wasn't uh, There wasn't a lot of enthusiasm in it, and I was still disappointed that he was going to vote that way, but... I guess I could understand what he, where he was coming from, I guess. Voting for Clinton in of, in and of itself is, you know, that's enthusiasm. Yeah. The fair point. Fair point. I guess I should say, I understand his reluctance for Trump. 
where do I even start with these tweets? Okay, this first one where he talks about the verbal tick. Uh, this is so trivial. He's bringing up Trump University, and that was in on October 8th. And I'm fairly certain that that was one of the more damning WikiLeaks um, Podesta email days. Uh, I think that might have been one of the days where like there was some serious um, collusion exposed between the New York Times. Um, and it, oh, oh, what, what's going on here? None of this is interesting. None of this is important. It's like there are thousands of those emails that are damning. What are you talking about? Well, let's think about a lot of the thing. I mean, so I, before the show, I was kind of trying to do a thought exercise of what's if someone asked me, someone who didn't know anything, what's the worst that you can say in the WikiLeaks? I haven't paid attention to it at all. I would point to a few things. Um, the perversion of democracy. We have uh, yeah, a demonstration yeah. that Bernie was screwed and that mm -hmm. the DNC wasn't fair and that Hillary was the beneficiary of that. Um, we also have another example of that is Donna Brazil sharing a debate question with Hillary. Hey, Hillary, here's a debate question before the debate so you can do a really good job and make Bernie look bad. So there's that. There's coordination with this violence group, this this Americans United for Change, who's actively pushing violence or inciting violence at Trump rallies. So there's it, at that point, it's not just purely like an intellectual problem. It's people like cops are getting harmed because of the people with whom she's contracting. That's bad. Then there's other stuff like we've talked about in last shows, past shows where you have things like Robbie Mook saying, hey, should we accept uh, campaign donations from foreign lobbyists? Take the money. Take the money. I, I don't yeah. want foreign interests. And what about this twelve million dollars from Morocco? Yeah. This was all uh, nothing of interest. Nothing of interest. What a cuck. He is the definition of cuck. And I think that what pissed Dave Cullen off the most about this was that original tweet that he said, um, like if you use cuck unironically or you tweet pictures of Pepe, unfollow me. Oh right yeah, now. I saw that. Like, I you did smug see that. liberal piece of shit. Well, now he's another person that's on my shit list. That's great. Thanks well, a lot. If we can get Sam on the show, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, come on the show. I would like to sit across from Sam virtually like this and say, Sam, what's the worst thing you got on Islam? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm waiting. Nothing of interest. Show me. I see nothing of interest in, in this Islam's is what record I of global violence. I do not understand violence. about Ben Shapiro and about Sam Harris and about Bill Maher is that they are so right on about Islam. They recognize it for what it is fundamentally. And they just shoot from the hip about Islam. They're fearless about it. But everything else retarded. And they have this Trump blindness on. They just all they can focus on are this is like Trump minutia because they don't like him as a person. So they're like, oh, Hillary crimes, a uh, DNC rig. I don't care. This is what yeah. makes me worried. Mm. These people don't care what Hillary has done. They don't care because they have a visceral reaction to, to Trump. They hate his guts. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that there's some type of emotional reaction at play that where the conclusion is reached first and the justification is attempted to be reached later oh, someone just said something really interesting in the live chat jose martinez said sam harris shilling for hillary is the perfect example of why liberalism is a mental disorder that is so true it's so true it is a mental disorder it, like permeates their entire thought process yet they're still capable of being correct about islam what do you think i wonder what sam harris do, do you think sam harris would have the same reaction if let's say marco rubio was the nominee or even ted cruz do you no. think he would be more honest about Hillary's uh, issues or would he still t be tweeting out like, well, what does WikiLeaks have? I don't see anything wrong. I think there would be more apathy. Yeah, hmm. I think there'd be more apathy because those are both kind of benign candidates. And what we're seeing a lot from these guys like Bill Maher, Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro, they're all beta sorts. And so I think that part of this is just a reaction to like hating Trump's it. alpha nature. We're never going to 
we're not welcome in multiple cities. We're never going to get good guests for this show. Whatever. I don't You're know. You're holding us down. <laughs> Being a beta male is not a bad thing. Most men are beta males. But when you're the type of like passive aggressive beta male, like, you know, Ben Shapiro and Sam Harris, where they're going to tear down this candidate because they feel threatened by him. You know, I got a real problem with that. Yeah. And there, there is, I, I've said it a million times. I absolutely understand the reluctance on Trump. And I understand if you don't want to vote Trump, but there is consistently and. I will be a beta here and refrain from naming names, even though we already know like the circle that we're talking about. But there's a certain satisfaction that they get with using every Trump shortcoming or every Trump scandal to be like, I told you so. Yeah. They, they like to have it's that told you so gratification. Satisfaction. Yeah. Smug self-satisfaction. And it, all of this is just a manifestation of this smug beta energy that they have. I think this is a good theory. Wait, wait, what's the theory? Articulate it again. That they're threatened by Trump's alpha nature. Oh. They don't like it. They, they reject it because, you know, because they aren't it. I'm trying to think about what they would offer as a response. They might say they're threatened by his stupidity, to be honest. Yeah, they, they probably might... would say something about him having his finger on the nuclear trigger or something stupid like oh, that. Oh, that was an interesting part of the debate, too. Some people tweeted me about that. And I, I'm not keen on the ramifications of this, but the, there was a part in the debate where Hillary said, do you want this man with the nuclear codes? Cause once he yeah. presses it, it's only four minutes until they launch. I mean, she revealed the time, like she gave away the time it oh, takes yeah, to have a nuclear right. launch, yeah, yeah. which is um, just sort of interesting. I, I didn't know if that's public information. I, I didn't know if it's uh, fine for her to say that or not, but it's interesting that Trump was making the point throughout the debate of like, whatever happened to the element of surprise with regard to, you know, Iraq and then she and, shows and her, her, and so, all her cards. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes as far as to say here, uh, here's how long it takes. Once you, once you type in the codes or press the button to when they actually launch. Whatever. It happens. is so insane to me that she can possibly talk about how he is the wild card as far as nuclear war is concerned while she is actively pursuing a nuclear war against Russia. I, mean, I, I was watching. Um, is dizzying. I was watching one of Sargon's latest uploads uh, called "Hillary Clinton Wants War" or something like that. Hillary Wants yeah. War. It's a good like half hour breakdown of her record on past wars and how he believes that. Uh, well, basically that she's in. She's overly aggressive with Russia, and, but part of it was, um, and it was about the whole Syrian conflict and all that. But part of it was uh, a quote at length of Putin just talking about like, look, uh, Hillary is openly hostile to Russia and I don't really get why. Um, we share a common enemy. I think we should probably be friends and fight them. Trump wants to cooperate. And obviously like I'm cool with anyone who wants to cooperate. I don't really know why she's so hostile to us when we kind of share the same goals and you know, I know it's kind we're of natural interesting allies. It's crazy that we're doing this. And it was just weird to see him just kind of sitting there casually um, it, it, it just, it wasn't like a formal scripted speech. It was just him like off the cuff being like, I don't, I don't know what I did, but it'd be cool if we could work together. I guess we can't, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, that's all I got. So if you're satisfied with your, your case against, um, do you think I jumped Mr. on Harris. Sam Harris enough? Um, well, I, again, I'm going to try to. I, I still am a Sam Harris fan, and I'm a fan. How all, can you all be the, a Sam the, Harris the fan only, after this? The only one that you mentioned who is absolutely on my shit list uh, is Bill Maher. That dude 
Because I, I watched, so he didn't have a show this last Friday, so I didn't have to be tempted to tune in. Thank God. At least I don't think he did. I tried to tune in and it was a rerun. <laughs> so I can't pretend like I, I keep saying I'm going to quit. You know, I'm like, um, it's like that scene in Brokeback Mountain. I wish I could quit you or I wish I knew how to quit you. But I did tune in Super the Friday before. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, I did tune in the week before. And he said, he, 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 he presented this question at one point. Can you vote Trump and still be a good person? Yeah, but I feel like Bill Maher has been consistently a liberal retard from like day zero. Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro had like glimmers of like they were going to bring in the intellectual retreat for all of us, you yeah. know? And it's possible and then that I couldn't see it previously, but I don't know that he would have said that in 2012 about Mitt Romney or 08 about John McCain. I guess he would counter and say, well, yeah, but this is a candidate who is uniquely awful in a way that Mitt Romney and, and John McCain weren't. I don't know, but the problem is his whole show is, is just shilling for Hillary. And if anyone comes on there and even tries to mention any of Hillary's controversies, it's just the audience. Boo. And it's Bill Maher like, you're going to talk about WikiLeaks or, you know, whatever. Talk about whatever. It's, it's, it's just dismissive. And to his credit, he does a mostly a good job of getting, um, voices of dissent on his show the same show actually had ann coulter on as the the first guest which was which was quite good uh and she rightly tried to get him to talk about immigration and talk about issues that trump cares about as opposed to talking about which boob did did trump touch or which ass or which pussy or whatever so uh, but how can they be so categorically correct about islam and not apply that to the future presidency like they understand everything about Islam, but then they are going to vote for somebody that's a war monger and that destabilized a bunch of Muslim countries. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't why know. Why can't they connect this thread, this intellectual thread to other ideas? It's like, it stops right there. Why, why do you think I am uh, a refugee from the left civil yeah. war? I mean, these are reasons why it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the violence. It's the circle. And so it's the cult like church nature of it. It's the double standards. I mean, it's all the intellectual dishonesty that has made me just kind of be like, hmm, thanks, but no, thanks guys. Uh, I'm out, you know, and there's been a lot of painful breakups in that process. Bill Maher included, but I'm really hoping Sam Harris and I can, can be good friends. Uh, once this is all over. No, no, it's I, over. I, he cheated on you. It's it's done. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I really like him though. Like if he comes back to me and he seems serious, I'm going to give him a second chance. Why? Uh, Why? There's nothing yeah. in the weekend. Wiki- we Fuck that guy. We have that so many good memories, Sam and I. He was a good guy. He just messed up once. He 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 was good in his heart. He really cared about me. This episode has had a lot of homoerotic undertones. <laughs> like a lot of homoerotic undertones. Just wait till next week's episode. It's going to get way weirder. You think this is weird? Next week's episode is going to get a lot weirder. Yeah, it's going to be confusing. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to close the show before I tease too much. All I can say is you want to watch it. Uh, <laughs> and it so, looks thank- like the live chat broke up with Sam too. Ah, bummer. Sam is gay. Sam is gay. It's over, Sam. Sam, we're done. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's the wrong outro. How how dare I? I almost played a different outro instead of the Harambe music. I can't do that. That's awful. Anyway, I'll I'll get it right. Thanks, as always, to our live viewers and live chatters who keep us honest. Uh, Shitposting away while we try to maintain sincerity. If you're listening on YouTube, 
or in an audio platform on demand. Thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material, including the call-in shows, on the audio platforms. So check those out. It's iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, all linked conveniently down in the description. You can always email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday with a very special, very weird, possibly homoerotic episode that you won't want to miss. Uh, so we'll be back then because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it is not Meet the Press. It is a very weird episode of Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. I'm here without her all day, and he's still on my lonely mind. I think about her all day, and I dream about him all the time. I'm here without her. And tonight, and tonight, it's her.